0: Hi, I'm David Freudberg, and I'm on a mission. Since I was a high school intern in public radio back in NPR's first year on the air, I've devoted my working life to seeking out and disseminating knowledge that I hope will be enlightening and will benefit the lives of our listeners. But the grants we get, the generous support provided from foundations and some others, simply don't cover all our expenses. And if you like what you hear, we're asking for your help so we can keep this going. Please visit humanmedia.org, and at the top of the homepage, click on How You Can Help. Thanks. Humankind is produced in association with WGBH Boston and supported by the Henry Luce Foundation and the Humankind Program Fund.
1: All mystics, Catholic, Christian, non-Christian, they're all unanimous, no matter what their theology, no matter what their religion, they're all unanimous on one thing. And that one thing is, all is well. All is well. Everything's in a mess, and all is well. Strange paradox. But tragically, most people never get to see that. They never get to see that all is well because they're asleep. We remember the
0: provocative teaching of Anthony Mello, one of the 20th century's great spiritual thinkers. You're listening to Humankind. I'm David Freudberg. His message blended the practice of Buddhist mindfulness with a belief in God, which he held deeply in his Catholic faith. He counseled individuals as a psychotherapist and led groups at a series of popular retreats. He's perhaps most widely known as the author of best-selling books, including The Way to Love and Awareness. And in 1987, when Father Anthony DeMello died suddenly of a heart attack at age 55, it
1: felt like a vibrant life cut short. Spirituality means waking up. Most people, even though they don't know it, are asleep. They're born asleep. They live asleep. They marry in their sleep. They breed children in their sleep and they die in their sleep without ever waking up. They never understand the loveliness and the beauty of this thing that we call human existence.
0: In spiritual retreats like this one at Fordham University in New York, Tony DeMello was on a determined mission to wake us up, out of our comfort zone, out of our complacency, out of the illusions we all harbor that can rob us of an authentic and deeply satisfying life. He was born outside of Bombay, India, in 1931 to a family steeped in Catholicism. As a teenager, Demello was drawn to a spiritual life and joined a Jesuit order in India. At age 29, he was ordained as a Catholic priest. From his many public talks, often filled with humor and great insight, DeMillo gained a reputation as a gifted communicator.
2: He, he's out to try and touch the emotions rather more than explain things as a theologian would. Professor Michael Barnes, a Jesuit, teaches theology and
0: interreligious relations at the University of London's Heythrop College. He's sometimes
2: described as a, as, a, as a wisdom teacher, and that's what he did. What is a wisdom teacher? A wisdom teacher, as I understand it, is somebody who is versed in the everyday uh, practical wisdom of different religious traditions. He is forever telling stories, he is forever giving you nice little illustrations. Um, he's in many ways, I think he's simply in the the footsteps of Jesus, you know who told parables, who was able to look around and put people in touch with something in their everyday experience.
1: Life is a banquet. And the tragedy is that most people are starving to death. It's a nice story of uh, some people on a raft off the course of Brazil who were perishing from thirst and they had no idea that the water they were floating on was fresh water. See, the river was coming out into the sea with such force that it went on for a couple of miles, they had fresh water right there. They had no idea of it. So it's like we're surrounded with joy, with happiness, with love. And most people have no idea whatsoever of this. Reason. They're brainwashed. Reason. They're hypnotized. They're asleep. Imagine a stage magician who hypnotizes someone, and this person is seeing what isn't there and not seeing what is there. That's what it's all about. According to Anthony DeMello, we're blocked
0: from seeing what's truly there by our attachments, which are based on false beliefs. We imagine, he says, that without some particular thing or some person, we cannot be happy. And thus we perceive a threat and experience a sense of anxiety at the prospect that we'll lose that thing or person. And the mind can become attached to endless things, a job, a relationship, a home, an idea. And it's not that these things are unnecessary, it's that the emotional attachments can blind us. Michael Barnes.
2: Learning how to see that what we're surrounded by is what we really need, all that we really need and uh, being able to see things and to value things as pure gift. They needn't be here, but they are here. They're not here just to be taken and used and thrown away, not in that sort of instrumental way, but they're to be savoured, relished, used for um, a purpose of nourishing who we are as human beings. That word relish, um, it, it, it's, a, it's a term which you find in the spiritual exercises of Saint Ignatius, so it would have been very, very important for Tony as it is it is for me. And it's just recognizing that in, in, the, in the depths of our being there are there are senses which take things for what they are they don't sort of process through the intellect but they're just sensed for what they are and i can just imagine you know somebody um you know putting their hands down into that fresh water and perhaps touching it to the lips for some reason or other and tasting something completely unexpected it isn't salt water it's fresh water what he's drawing attention to is the gift of this and the sense of amazement that can come, the surprise that can come.
0: Anthony DeMello is a debunker of myths, especially the false stories we tell ourselves. Here's one widely held myth. Happiness is in the future. If only I were to fulfill this desire or that expectation, I'd be happy. And thus, without obtaining the object of desire or the expected outcome, I can't be happy in the present. In fact, I may be miserable. And most of us are so convinced of this that we've woven it into an elaborate belief system. DeMello tries to shake us out of that.
1: The first thing you need to wake up, is to face the fact that you don't like being woken up. You'd much rather have all of these things which you were hypnotized into believing are so precious to you, so important to you, so important for your life and your survival. Second, understand that maybe you've got the wrong ideas. And it is these ideas that are influencing your life and making it the mess that it is and keeping you asleep. Ideas about love, ideas about freedom, ideas about happiness, etc.
0: Tony DeMello's message is refreshing, even if it makes us squirm a bit. It's also hard to pigeonhole. He draws on an amalgam of wisdom traditions that emphasize contemplation, introspection, and faith. He yearns for a state of transcendence that can liberate us of our worldly burdens. Buddhists may describe this as enlightenment. Christians may view it as the kingdom of God. Psychology may call it emotional equilibrium. But whatever the doorway to transcendence, it means dwelling in the here and now. Michael Barnes. It's
2: focusing on the immediacy of the moment in order to still the uh, restless mind. I mean all yoga basically Buddhism is coming out of a yogic tradition is about stilling stilling the restlessness of, of the mind, the way in which we get totally distracted and the key idea is that you focus down on, on, on one thing. Now I think the key idea about Buddhism is that you 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 observe you observe what's going on in the present moment. You don't get absorbed into uh, whatever stimulus it may be. You just you just observe what's happening. The obvious example is um, mindfulness of breathing, and Tony de Mello uses this over and over again. I notice in in his texts where he's. He's trying to introduce people into a practice of the present moment, which, of course, has its own deep Christian resonances, as it were. He says, when you're breathing in, you just notice, and you just say to yourself, breathing in. You breathe out, and you just notice you're breathing out. You don't get absorbed in the breathing, you're just observing it. Sounds a bit daft, put put quite like that. But then he 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 sort of has variations on that, where he says, just observe the sounds, for example, around you, so that you you, you begin with the breathing, and then you attend to the sounds which are in the room, or you attend to the sounds which are outside the room, and you just name them for what they are, but you don't get absorbed in them. You don't start saying to yourself, ah, that's the sound of the number 10 bus going down the main street. You say, ah, sound of bus. You just withdraw from it. What I've noticed, um, and it's something which i picked up from, from De Mello, is that after a while, you become aware of all the sounds that there are in, 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 in your particular uh, in environment, you just notice them. You don't get absorbed into them. And the result is a certain stillness in the present moment, a deep awareness of the present moment. DeMello writes that we should tell ourselves if there's
0: anything I can do about the future, I shall do it. Then I'm going to just leave it alone and settle down to enjoy the present moment because, he says, all of the experience of my life has shown me that I can only cope with things when they are present, not before they occur. And the present always gives me the resources and the energy I need to deal with them. And so for Anthony Mello, connecting with the present lies in the subtle act of paying attention.
2: The, The Buddhist tradition is about a deep attentiveness which leads to enlightenment. The Christian tradition is similarly, I think, about a deep attentiveness to the Word of God present in the world. Where I think Tony DeMello's methodology in prayer actually helps us is in encouraging an awareness to that present moment where a Christian would be seeking for the Word of God to be, to be spoken. What I'm trying to do when I'm praying is to attune myself to the Spirit of Christ, which is present in the world.
0: Because of the quality of your attention at that point? Because
2: of the quality of your attention and because of the, the way in which you have prepared yourself for the act of listening. And this entails a certain letting go a
0: relinquishing of control, turning things over to the source of wisdom. According to a close friend, Anthony DiMello had a warm spontaneity. It arose in part from an ability to trust in the process and follow the spirit, which as he saw it might beckon us into unpredictable lessons about life.
1: An openness to the truth, no matter what the consequences, no matter where it comes from, no matter where it leads you, you don't even know where it's leading you. That's faith. Not belief, faith. Your beliefs give you a lot of security, don't they? Faith is insecurity. You don't know. You're ready to follow, and you're open. You're wide open. You're ready to listen. And mind you, being open does not mean being gullible. It doesn't mean swallowing whatever the speaker is saying. Oh, no, no, no. You've got to challenge everything I'm saying. But challenge it from an attitude of openness and challenge it all. Father DeMello's views were indeed
0: challenged by his own church in 1998, 11 years after his death, The criticism was contained in a formal notification by the Vatican's Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, which was previously called the Supreme Sacred Congregation of the Roman and Universal Inquisition. It noted de Mello's belief in a formless God and cited how Buddhist and Taoist philosophy had influenced him. De Mello's teachings, the notification concludes, are, quote, incompatible with the Catholic faith and can cause grave harm. Reflecting on the 20th century spiritual thinker, Anthony DeMello. You're listening to Humankind. I'm David Freudberg. To learn more and obtain an audio download or CD copy of this segment, Remembering Anthony Mello, you can visit humanmedia.org. In his book, The Way to Love, Anthony DeMello offers the following image. Think of yourself listening to an orchestra in which the sound of the drum is so loud that nothing else can be heard. To enjoy the symphony, you must be responsive to every instrument in the orchestra. To be in the state called love, you must be sensitive to the uniqueness and beauty of every single thing and person around you. You can hardly be said to love what you do not even notice. And if you notice only a few things to the exclusion of others, that is not love at all. For love excludes no one at all. It embraces the whole of life. It listens to the symphony as a whole, not to just one or the other of the musical instruments. Anthony DeMello.
1: I challenge anyone to think of anything more practical than spirituality as I have defined it. Not piety. Not devotion, not religion, not worship. Spirituality, waking up. Wake up. Look at the heartache everywhere. Look at the loneliness. Look at the fear, the confusions, the conflicts in the hearts of people. Inner conflict, outer conflict. Suppose somebody gave you a way of getting rid of all of that. Suppose somebody gave you a way of stopping that tremendous drainage of energy, of health, of the emotions that come from these conflicts and confusions. Would you want that? Suppose somebody showed us a way where we would truly love one another and be at peace at last. Can you think of anything more practical than that? But here you have people thinking that big business is more practical or politics is more practical, or science is more practical. What's the earthly use, (laughs) the earthly use, of putting a man in the moon when we cannot live on the earth? Is psychology more practical? Nothing is so practical as this. What can the poor psychologist do? He can only relieve the pressure. I'm a psychologist myself, and I practice psychotherapy. But, you know, I have this great conflict within me when I have to choose sometimes between psychology and spirituality. You know, it didn't make sense to me for many years until I suddenly discovered that people have to suffer enough emotionally before they're ready to wake up. And what I was doing as a psychotherapist was easing the suffering. People have to suffer enough in a relationship that they'd get disillusioned with all relationships. Isn't that a terrible thing to say? They've got to suffer enough in a relationship before they wake up and say, I'm sick of it. There must be another way of living than depending on another human being. And what was I doing as a psychotherapist? They were coming to me with their relationship problems, (laughs) with their communication problems, etc. And sometimes that was a help. And sometimes I'm sorry to say it wasn't, Maybe they ought to touch rock bottom before they say I'm sick of it all. It's only when you're sick of your sickness that you'll get out of it. Most people, uh, well, they, they, they go to a psychiatrist or a psychologist to get relief. To get relief. And seeking relief is
0: so very human. Sometimes we simply distract ourselves from whatever's emotionally uncomfortable. And the forms of distraction can range from light entertainment to intoxicating substances to the gamut of escapist addictions. But Anthony DeMello urges us to take another look at all this relief-seeking. It stems, he says, from a deep thirst that is innate to the human condition. University of London theologian Michael Barnes.
2: What is very easily forgotten is the need that people have for something which is more deeply spiritual which comes down to people being prepared to own up to their own need for a sense of meaning and purpose and value in life and so easily our lives are overtaken by um, other pursuits, you know, the instrumentalizing as I say of of objects and indeed people Um, all of that is, is, is that sort of life is lived at such a pace that it's so easy to forget. Um, hence, you know, he talks about inner conflict, outer conflict.
0: You used a very interesting phrase
2: to own up
0: to our need for meaning. Could, mm. could you explain what that means?
2: I think all people, though they may not have the uh, language to express it, at times are going to be left in... A position of that um, that awful loneliness, which comes when you know you are on your own, okay, and um, the, the the questions of meaning and purpose and value can come. Uh, they don't always do, but for an awful lot of people, um, you know, life is lived at such a pace that it's um, almost uh, a deliberate attempt. You feel at times just to 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 get away from that sort of sense of loneliness of um, um, you know, ultimately being on your own all of us as human beings are, are, are stuck like that we live, we live our lives as, as, as social beings in many ways we're defined by um, our, our relationships with others but there comes a point where we find ourselves on our own and then we have to as I put it own up to the need for for meaning, for purpose. Now, one of the things that Ignatius is saying, and that's one of the things I think Tony DeMello is saying, is that these things are going to afflict you at some point, and what you need is some sort of strategy which stops this spiral of of desolation taking over. So it's a tricky thing. You have to... You have to recognise um, the, the, the reality of life, that all of us are going to feel this sort of thing. Um, while at the same time, you know, learning to accept it is, 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 is one thing, finding yourself caught into it is, is, is quite another. What you have to do, and I think this is uh, Mello's point about spirituality, spirituality can take you on a different trajectory. So if you find yourself spiraling down into desolation, you have to find some way of moving out of that into what Ignatius will call consolation, the feeling of, of peace and well-being. And um, it's, not, it's not impossible. It's not impossible to do that. There are all sorts of ways in which that can be done.
0: Anthony DeMello's spirituality invites us to re-examine all of our worldly attachments, a very hard task that can really upend the whole way we see our lives in the world. And this includes how we view romance, perhaps echoing the thoughts of psychiatrist M. Scott Peck, author of The Road Less Traveled, who described the exaggerated feelings many of us hold about romantic love. The honeymoon says Peck always ends, bloom of romance always fades, perhaps giving way to a more realistic relationship. Anthony DeMello.
1: You think you're in love with somebody? Well, I got news for you. You're never in love with anyone. You're only in love with your prejudiced and hopeful idea of that person. Want a minute to think about that? (laughs) You're never in love with anyone. You're in love with your prejudiced idea of that person, with your hopeful idea of that person. Are you really in love with the person? Well, how come you fell out of love? Your idea changed, didn't it? You don't like to say, My judgment was lousy. That's not very uh, flattering to you, is it? So you prefer to say, how could you have let me down? So there it is. People don't really want to grow up. People don't really want to change. People don't really want to be happy. As someone has said so wisely, don't try to make them happy. You'll only get into trouble. Like the guy who gets into a bar, uh, sits down, and he sees this fellow with a banana in his ear. A banana in his ear. And he says, "Uh, I wonder if I should tell him that. (laughs) And he thought, none of my business. And he thought, maybe I ought to tell him. So after he had had a drink or two, he says, excuse me, uh, you got a banana in your ear. So the guy said, what? (laughs) He says, you got a banana in your ear. What was that? You got a banana in your ear. He said, talk louder. I got a banana in my ear. (laughs) It's useless. Give up, give up, give up. Say your thing and get out of here. And if they profit, that's fine. And if they don't, too bad.
0: The late Anthony DeMello, author of The Way to Love and Awareness. Listening to Humankind, I'm David Freudberg. Studio recording by Alan Mattis. Editorial assistance from Ken Rogers, Mark Kilstein, and Kathy Graham. Webmaster, Brian K. Johnson. Special thanks to the DeMello Spirituality Center and Tony Buck. Our program is presented by Human Media in association with Connie Goldman Productions. Program development provided by Shart Media.
1: To purchase a CD copy of this program, please call 1-800-5-LISTEN, that's 1-800-5-L-I-S-T-E-N, or visit our website where you can also obtain an audio download of this and our other programs and can hear selected episodes free. You can access free written materials related to this program as well. Our web address is humanmedia.org. Again, if you'd like to purchase a CD copy of Humankind by phone, please call 1-800-5-LISTEN. And our web address is humanmedia.org.
0: This segment, Remembering Anthony DeMello, is Humankind Program number 222.
1: The executive producer is David
0: Freudberg. This is Humankind.